0: Whatever you're building on needs to be able to talk to other things. There's no one solutions provided in the industry that can cover an entire mine with everything that it
1: does. Hi, I'm Vuyisam Fobo and welcome to Modernization in Mining, a podcast series produced by Mining Review Africa. This week, Editor-in-Chief Laura Cornish kicks off the series by chatting to Neil McCoy business line manager for automation and digitalization at Sandvik Mining and Rock Technology about the modernized mine. What is it? What are the key components and how has COVID-19 sped up the need to create a more modernized mine? Let's join the discussion.
2: Neil, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really excited to chat about a really, topic of, of that's really trending in the industry at the moment, which is modernization in mining. So with that said, Neil, as an expert in this field, I'd really like to get your view on what you think Sandvik's view is in terms of what a modernized mine means.
0: Well, thank you very much, Laura, for hosting us. Um, yeah, So modernized mine, there are many different versions of what a modernized mine would be. Um, uh, depending on people's vision. Ultimately, obviously, the, the the least amount of people underground with the most amount of autonomy um, operating um, equipment and systems underground is really where people want to head. Um, and there are obviously various steps in between. So, um, we've developed products that, uh, that can assist people to obtain various uh, versions of a modern mind, depending on where they are in their state of development um, uh, in relation to either digitalization or automation. So, a modern mine would be somewhere where you could see what's happening in the operations um, in real time. You're getting feedback off of your equipment in real time. You're able to track and monitor your productivity. Um, you are also able to control equipment either remotely or fully autonomously, and um, you're producing at your optimal. That's that, that's really in a nutshell what Sandvik sees as, as the modern mine.
2: Brilliant. Neil, yeah, thanks. I think that's a, a really great description and one that really will resonate with the industry. So, you know, Neil, Sandvik is a leader in bringing automation and digital technologies to the mining sector. You've been doing it for many years now, but I'm quite intrigued to know how have these technologies actually been accelerated as a result of COVID-19, or in another way of saying it, has the uptake in these technologies increased as a result of COVID-19?
0: Well, certainly for the last two years... um... Most of the players in the, in the industry have had um, digitalization and automation on their agenda. Um, what COVID has done now with the limitations and restrictions of of getting people back to the mine sites and getting the mine sites up and running, it's made them try to focus on how they could become more efficient and, and improve their operations and do things in a different way. And unfortunately, it's very, very difficult to do that if you don't have tools to assist you. So that's either in the form of, of, of automated equipment that can operate remotely, increase your typical working time during the shift, um, in, increase it and, and work during those daytimes either between shifts where you typically can't get people underground, or alternately having an information management system that that can assist you in providing you insights into what's happening in the mine in real time. So um, definitely, it's, it's a key requirement for anyone going forward if they want to sort of still be a relevant player in the mining industry. And coupled to that, uh, certainly in the last few months, um, six months at least, um, from a Southern African context, there have been um, network players as well that have, that have come on, 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 um, on board. <clears throat> excuse me, on board. And they've also accelerated their their solutions provision for 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 mines like for example the low profile room and pillar mines in South Africa, where we've got a constantly expanding footprint and it's always been very difficult to get a, a functioning network as close to the face as possible. So there are some exciting things that are coming out, out of that as well, which also help in speed up the digitalization agenda and roll it out a lot faster. But COVID has certainly forced the, 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 the operations to think differently and to become more efficient, they have to digitalize to, to stay relevant and they have to try expedite those processes.
2: So Neil, in a nutshell, would you agree with me in saying that COVID-19 has been positive for the industry in some regards in, in terms of how they've responded and, and, and changed the way they think?
0: Absolutely. Um, because of, of, of having forced uh, even the likes of Sandvik to think very differently about how we do things, um, it, 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 it has certainly, I think, given the, 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 the little push that everyone needed to start make, uh, taking digitalization and automation seriously and starting p- putting it into the plans in terms of how they're going to improve the operations.
2: I love, I love a positive view, Neil, so, so thanks for that. You know, I'm, I am interested to to look at the concept of a of a modernised mine, and from your perspective, Neil, uh, as Sandvik, as an OEM, as a solution provider, what do you need from the mining industry for to to make a modernised mine actually work?
0: Um, the first the first step is obviously connectivity. So uh, the network is the heart of everything. Um, If you, you can have very basic steps uh, and basic network connectivity in place to get basic data um, flowing and and working. But if you want to take it the next step, really connectivity sits at the heart of everything. So you need proper communications down to the working place as close as practically possible. You need the infrastructure backbone to support that. That's the starting point. The second thing from my point of view is what what I always try to discuss with, with clients is that Now, where do we want to head with this technology? Um, We need to start off at a certain point. We need to look at what is going to assist us in the immediate future. What are the key things we're trying to focus on right now? Pick the tools that we can use that that, that, that can help us on that journey and then from there we can start building um, digitalization and automation solutions into the mining environment um, It is a quite an onerous task to implement new technologies um, there's a whole change management process to go through and by following sort of a phase or stepped approach it certainly helps facilitate that so um, you know um, focus immediately on what you want to do right now and what you want to improve choose the relevant digital tools that can assist you to do that. And then also you still at the same time need to have a vision um, on where you would want to head ultimately with your operation and what the bigger picture is. And the reason for that is that you can't just pick a solution off a shelf right now to 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 address your near-term needs, but it won't work down the line. So things like, for example, system interoperability, um, those type of things are critically important to to consider from the start because whatever you're building on needs to be able to talk to other things. There's no one solutions provider in the industry that can cover an entire mine with everything that it does. Um, there are solutions providers like Sandvik that focus on certain niches. Um, and then there are people who focus on the higher overall uh, mine mineral resource planning level and all these systems need to talk to each other and feed into each other for, for, for the mine to have an effective way of operating and understanding what's going on in the operation. So they need to consider interoperability as well. That is absolutely key to, 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 to deciding on which way they want to go.
2: You know, Neil, I think from my perspective, um, one of the most important things about Getting a mine you know onto that level of, of modernization and automation, you need a certain amount of, of buy in or willingness to embrace technology from the mining industry. so would you agree with that statement about you know having that that management buy in to to bring mines you know sort of into the next generation?
0: It is absolutely critical to have that uh, Laura. Um, when I first started my mining career many years ago, a wise old mine captain said to me, just remember son, you only have to focus on what they manage you on. And if it's not important to your manager, then it's, 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 not, it's not important to you. So it's very important for, 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 for senior management to have that vision um, and to have the understanding of what they want to do. And then it's, uh, from there, it's then a lot easier to start implementing it into the operations. It does take a lot of work, obviously, to educate the workforce on the benefits that these systems can bring them, but it, it re- absolutely requires um, buy-in from the top, top levels and saying, this is the way we're going to do things going forward.
2: Yeah, Neil, it's, it's, it's something I, I believe is, is absolutely critical. So uh, I couldn't agree more. And there was a, an excellent analogy you gave there. Neil, I understand um, that Sandvik has done some, some interesting things uh, over the past few months, particularly with regards to overcoming the challenges associated with doing business during COVID-19 lockdown and the travel res- restrictions specifically. Don't you want to share with our audience what, what you've been doing to, to overcome those particular difficulties?
0: Yeah. So um, the long and short of it is, we've we, we've got new technologies that we have to roll out. For example, in countries like Botswana, um, one specific project we we, we started the implementation um, with our local uh, South African um, skilled uh, resources and our Finnish skilled resources. Um, we never got to the stage where we could fully roll out uh, the training of the people on site who are responsible for the day-to-day running of the systems. And we now have to expand those technologies to, to to new elements that we need to bring in. So if you can't get people into the country, what do you do? You can't just sit back and wait for COVID to disappear because with second waves and third waves and everything else happening globally, this is going to be part of our, our, our lives for the foreseeable future for quite a few years, I believe. Um, so, we really had to think hard. Um, and actually, we are prompted by one of our customers who who looked at something similar. They'd they'd done some trials, and we ended up looking at um, some form of remote headset. Um, that the person can actually fit to the head and via our our communication channels that we have in the organization, we can then communicate with that person on site. So you can have experts available anywhere in the world that connect via Zoom or Teams meeting as an example, or via this platform software that they provide, and they can actually guide the the person on the other side with zero knowledge or experience in what they're doing, step by step through, through getting things fixed or implemented or installed or on the go, and even provide training like this as well. So this has been really exciting for us. We we still in early days on this journey, um, but we feel this is sort of the only viable way going forward that uh, we can provide the, the services to the customers that they require. And our customers also sit in the same boat. They sit with, for example, issues of having um, expert employees and their experts who are based all over the world, getting to remote locations and seeing and understanding what's going on. So these type of tools also provide them with the unique ability to, to see what's going on in their operations in real time without physically having to be there. Um, we're never going to promote that physically being on a site and, and working with people um, uh, will ever disappear. But in the interim, we've got to carry on. I mean, mines carry on mining regardless of what the situation is. Um, a mine draws a hole, it blasts every day, it moves the rock and it processes whatever comes out of the rock. That does not stop in in, in the mines world. So therefore, we have to find clever ways of assisting and helping uh, implement these technologies um, in very different ways. So, this headset is certainly opening up massive doors for us. Um, It's going to be very exciting going forward and we can see this being adopted at a a serious rate of knots in the industry. The specific technology we chose, we chose um, as best fit to to, to the COVID situation as well as um, having the ability to connect to our systems that we have in place without having to develop fancy new systems to be able to communicate with the people. So the software packages that we use as an organization are available on this device. And therefore it's a lot easier for us to connect. Um, You can now have up to 15 experts on the line as an example, nothing stopping that because everyone's sitting in front of their computer for Teams or Zoom or whatever other application they use in any case uh, during the day because everyone globally still working remotely. So this is really going to open up doors for us.
2: We will continue our discussion with Neil after this short message.
0: It will never be the same. The new normal is business unusual. At Mining Review Africa, we want to partner with you to ensure that your brand is still visible in these unprecedented times. That's why we're offering you a bouquet of digital marketing choices to ensure that your company is still top of mind with your clients. This includes podcasts, partner profiles, videos, and webinars. Want to know more? Click on the Engage tab on MiningReview.com today to find out how we can give you more bang for your digital buck.
2: Welcome back to our conversation. You know, Neil, it's, it's just a, another example of, of how much Sandvik really does embrace technology and, and is bringing the concepts of, of you know, remote working and, and automation and, and digitalization to the fore. So that's such a great initiative and I can't wait to see just how much the industry really does embrace it, but but I know it's going to be big. But it, it, it brings me to another question, Neil, and, and that's about, you know, at some point, we will sort of res, resume some normalcy, even though it may not be, like you said, in the foreseeable future. But do you think we're gonna re- revert back to the way we used to do things or, or are you hoping and, and expecting that the adoption of these new ways of doing business is something that's going to stick and, and stay with the industry?
0: Well, to, to, to my mind, it has to. Um, so it, if each and every single mind decides they're now going to digitalize, um, the, 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 the amount of resources that you'd require, let's say tomorrow everyone clicked the, the magic green button. The amount of resources that you'd require both from a customer point of view and from a, a supplier um, solutions provider point of view would be enormous. Um, so um, just example I cited regarding that headset usage, getting resources to site. There are only a certain key small pool of, of skilled resources and how do you expand and, and get them to teach and hand over skills to other people if you don't try use these type of technologies. Because it's impossible to get someone to a mine site, get him to spend time there, get him to have him, have him go through the same induction processes that the people on site need to go through. Um, You know, you're wasting valuable time. And in the meantime, you've got six or seven or 10 projects worldwide that the same person's got to attend to. So you could waste almost two to three months of his whole year, just following process, getting onto mine sites. So by using these technologies, you can start circumventing that. You can have the local person on site. You can have these people sitting remotely and supporting up to 15, 20, 30 local people at any given stage through this process. So we, we definitely won't revert back to the way we're doing things, and we'll certainly help guide our customers going forward in terms of understanding what these types of technologies can bring to them and the advantages.
2: You know, Neil, it, it, it's some of the comments that you've made sort of touch on another area that that comes to mind, and that's around uh, skills and and not lack of skills in Africa, but the you know, critical skills that Sandvik has to offer the industry and how they can be better deployed from a remote position. What are your comments around that?
0: Yes, so um, I, I think it, it comes backwards to the previous two points in a, a lot as well is that with the small amount of people you have available, you do develop key skills in an organization and they will always be there, but it's how you expand those skills. So you've got various levels that you have to look at um, that you have to try um, bold support for and give training for. So even on the customer sites, you know, starting off the basic level, there's a person who does a day-to-day maintenance and he needs to be trained. There's the person who would do the next level, the system maintenance and he needs to be trained. Then you'd have your expert and he needs a very specific set of skills. But coupled to that, technology is also constantly developing as well. So remote support becomes an integral way of doing things because you have constant software updates, you have constant bug fixes, you have constant requirements for an operation to to, um, be able to continue operating. Um, So if you implement these systems and you make them part of your your day-to-day working, they become a critical business function. And having a system standing for six to eight hours can dramatically affect the way you do business. Um, one of our customers the other day cited, and I love the words they used, was that if we turn the system off, we're mining blind, and we can't afford that. Mm-hmm. And that's what starts happening when you introduce these technologies. So for us to ensure that the, the, the remote support structures are there, to ensure that they can carry on mining 24-7, utilizing the technologies are absolutely critical. And those are the the, the skills that we're building worldwide through all of our implementations at the moment.
2: I think it's so good to remind ourselves that everything we do is aimed at making mines more efficient and more productive as a whole. So it, it's good to just remind the industry that this investment is, is actually worth their while from a, an ROI perspective. Now, I know that Sandvik recently hosted its first virtual event, another sign of, of how much the company is embracing the new world. So won't you tell me a little bit more about the purpose of the event and some of the exciting news that you shared?
0: Well, with the, um, with the uh, Vegas mining show that was cancelled, um, we felt that it was still very important to, to, to be able to demonstrate to the industry what we have available and what we can bring to the party. Um, so we took the opportunity to set up an, a, a, an online uh, digital event over a two day period, where we basically showcased all of our offerings um, across all of our divisions. Um, all of the new technologies that would be available, um, how we're seeing things from a digital point of view and all of the solutions that we could bring to them across our different offerings. Some of the key highlights, um, our watermine concept, I think stole the show. Um, The buzz around that, um, it's gone viral across the the internet. Um, That's about an artificial intelligence type machine that does not even have a cabin on board that is battery powered. So it's an alternative power source, therefore it's carbon neutral. Um, It can basically uh, operate and interact in mining environments where there are uh, manual pieces of equipment and even people operating. So it will have the skills and the ability through artificial intelligence on board and all of the scanning devices that it does have to be able to uh, determine where it is in the environment to predict what will happen and to even identify hazards and stops. So if it picks up another vehicle or a person, it would be able to safely stop and and then ultimately navigate around that obstacle as well. So that certainly was one of the big wows that we did release. Um, We showcased our digital offerings that we're developing across all of our divisions, our rock tools divisions, another good example of digitalization. Um, A simple thing like drill steel and a drill bit and a drill rod um, and the management of those can have dramatic impacts on the cost of mining operations. So now having digital tools to be able to manage um, those things effectively, ultimately um, drives number one efficiency because you're getting the best life out of that equipment and in the longer term it drives cost down as well because you've got a proper management system. You know exactly where all of your tooling is in your mind, you know what the life is that you're achieving out of it and you've got a perfect stock management system on top of it as well. So even simple things like that with digitalization applied can have dramatic impacts in terms of, of mining operations. Um, we had some serious panel talks as well, some very lively panel talks with customers about the implications of technology and the processes to follow to, to take them through um, their journey on, on digitalization or automation as well. And I think those were, were, were accepted very well by, by the audience as well.
2: Neil, um, you know, we've, you've touched on the point of, of connectivity being a challenge around these technologies in Africa? Did that, did that particular discussion points come out of your, your virtual event? And, and what, do you, what do you say to potential customers where that actually does remain a challenge?
0: Well, it's a, it's, it's a process and this is where, where, where partnership is so important. Um, if you want to implement technologies in remote environments, there are a whole lot of um, uh, things that need to be in place and connectivity sits at the heart of it. Um, And for for Sandvik, for example, to say that, well, that's not our problem, wouldn't fly. Um, We need to work with the customer, with the solutions provider for the network, um, because ultimately, our equipment has to function over that network, so we need to help ensure that that network is adequate to be able to provide what we want, and then it also has the capability to provide all the all the other requirements that the customer may have because we we are not the only requirement that operates over that network so there are certainly many solutions that are coming up that enable people to 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 um to, to set up local networks on mine sites. Um, so I don't think that is so much of an excuse from remote environments anymore. Um, it must just be understood front that that will take some investment and it will take a process to, to get the solution to function the way it should. Um, uh, it's not just a simple click of a, sw- a switch, but there are solutions available for these remote mine sites. I mean, in the past uh, two years, Sandvik has implemented uh, uh, some automation systems in some of the remotest parts in the world like Mali. Um, in the middle of nowhere. So, um, you know, saying that Africa has connectivity issues um, is no longer valid. Um, throughout the DRC, throughout West Africa, throughout Southern Africa, all new projects are starting off with automation as, as a base, and it's being included in the pre-feasibility and f- feasibility studies for all of these new projects. So, every single mining um, company, mining house is taking this very seriously and it can be done in remote locations. And to me, ultimately, this type of technology assists you even more when you want to start working in remote locations because with the lack of skills, you can actually provide people tools to be able to very quickly get up to speed with the operations and get operations running a lot quicker. So, you're actually giving them a much better chance where they would have had to learn through the old school of hard knocks. You can now provide them with tools and systems to circumvent that to a large extent and get them up and running a lot quicker than what you ever would have following a manual process.
2: Excellent. Neil, I love that you've put yourself out there and said, you know, don't hide behind the challenges because actually they don't exist anymore. I think that's absolutely a key takeaway for me from our our chat. It, it does lead me to my last question, and, and in some ways you have touched on it a little bit, but let's, let's summarize and round off what, in your perspective, um, what advice would you give to minds that have maybe not embraced the concept of modernization before but want to now? What would you tell them? What are the steps they need to think about? What do they need to do to get there if they haven't considered it up until now?
0: Uh, I sort of started alluding to this earlier on, Alora, but um, a step and phased approach is, is absolutely critical. Um, you know, pick pick what your key KPIs are right now, um, focus on those and then start looking at potential digitalization solutions that can uh, that, that can assist you to achieve these KPIs, how are you going to improve them? Um, I think a mistake a lot of operations uh, make is that when they start looking at digitalization, they've got the thought in mind that they're immediately going into optimization. Um, The step that um, a lot of people miss in between is that Before we optimize what we're doing, we first got to get right what we should be doing in the first place. Um, So, that's why I say what is very important to us. We need to move certain amount of tons a day. We need to drill a certain amount of uh, drill meters a day. Um, Those type of things. What do we need to focus on right now? We need to start working at the shift and that's one of the basics of mining across any operation anywhere in the world. You've got a fixed start time that your equipment needs to operate at. So, if you can start managing things when your equipment starts, when it stops, then start focusing on the efficiency of that equipment during that time frame then you can start ultimately looking at optimization. Well, our equipment is doing what it should now, but we see here's now an opportunity that we could potentially drill another face or load another face or get another half a face drilled or get another 300 production meters drilled or things like that then start coming to the party. But don't try to start with, uh, we want to improve our our drilling factor to, to 400 meters a shift from 200 meters when we haven't even sorted out yet that the drill is only operating for two hours. Um, so we and we're supposed to be operating for four hours. So it's basically starting with the basics, picking something that's relevant, and then building the picture from there.
2: Thanks, Neil. Great advice, and and good to remember that even with something that may be complex like technology, even even in, in those circumstances, going back to the basics is is the way to go. So Neil, and, um, and yeah.
0: Sorry, Laura. (laughs) if I can just add to that quickly. I mean, even the most basic information can be so valuable. Um, A basic utilization report of, of equipment, although you might receive it retrospectively after the shift, you can derive so much value and information from that. And um, by starting with that process, uh, the adoption into the operation becomes a lot easier as well, because the moment the people start using this and they see the benefit, you find naturally that they start asking about, well, can I do this? What about that? You know, Then they were automatically ready for the next step. And then it's so much easier to introduce the next step into the operations as well.
2: Neil, such great advice uh, from a, an automation solutions provider and expert such as yourself. So. Thank you for your time. Thank you for joining me to chat about this in such great detail. And I really look forward to seeing what Sandvik does in this area in the future.
0: Thank you very much for your time Laura. I appreciate the opportunity.
1: Thank you for listening. Please be sure to like, share and subscribe to our podcast channel on iOS, Spotify and wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You can also find us on LinkedIn, Twitter and Facebook by searching for Mining Review Africa. Until next time, stay safe.